welcome to a life less ordinant. I'm Laura. I'm Kate. And we're coming to you from sunny Long Buckby this afternoon. We're lying on a blanket, which I think maybe we should get off of because it's a little <laughs> bit crunchy. And the other great news is that my little puppy is lying behind us. Charlie Parker is conked out in the sun. Laura's lovely parents invited me to have lunch with them today. It was so nice. I got to meet them and chat about all kinds of things. Come um, to the very famous Long Buckby, which very is the nice. centre of the world. Beautiful garden. I got to learn that my opinion of the cross of Christ is the wrong opinion. Yes. <laughs> yes, Grey Grey did not hold back on him. His, uh, his robust feedback um, style, which I've experienced for the last eight weeks of term with him helping with all my essays. And then Kate got to experience herself. It was wonderful and I loved it. Um, Laura, what have you been up to? Oh, stuff and things, you know, wafting around. I've uh, been really do- taking the exercise to the next level. Sorry, as Caroline Pellerin would say, wafting. Wafting. I've been wafting <laughs> in my dressing gown. Um, doing lots of exercise, um, sort of doing some reading, um, but just generally pottering about. What about you, Kate? I spent a delightful week with my support bubble. You did? Yes. Which was so nice. Oh, my gosh. It was just Oh, I loved it. I went to Cheltenham and I sat in the garden. I did I do I read a bit, not really. I did a few Zoom calls. I didn't really do much work. I went for lots of walks and it was just so nice to be with my parents and then they came and stayed with me and helped me get some stuff done in my house, which was really kind. Yeah, and you're getting you're starting your job next you're week. You're starting your job really soon. Ah, I know because now I'm so disappointed that all these things are becoming to be allowed, and we're making all these plans. And my mum had to say yesterday to my sister-in-law, "Just do you remember that Kate's about to start her job?" Yeah, exactly. You're about to start working. I'm about to enter 15 weeks of wafting, ah, and amazing. you've got a job. Sabrina messaged me and I was very excited to um, connect with her because I I helped her, well, I hosted an event with four amazing women where they spoke and they were talking about race in the church and Sabrina decided to watch it and that was really cool. And then she, you know, one of the amazing things that a woman called Anonge said, what was it she said, Sabrina, and you tweeted it out? She was talking about silence and basically the pain that you feel when people don't speak out on issues that affect you such as race Mm. and that just really resonated with me because that's so often how I felt in the church like there's this big issue in the room and no one from the church has often wanted to engage in it and you just feel so alone in that silence so even spaces like that event last week and the different conversations that are happening they just allow conversation into an area and allow God to move into the issue of race and Sabrina said Kate it's great that you did a podcast on race but I noticed you only had black men on it when are you going to do one with women and I said that's an excellent fatal last words (laughs) that's an excellent (laughs) point Sabrina and here you are today are you free on Wednesday (laughs) because we'd love because because you said that you've had a really interesting experience because you're fresh through the discernment process um, and off to college this summer, so it's very fresh. Um, and you very kindly agreed to come and chat to us, so we're very grateful. Do you want to just introduce yourself and tell us a bit about you? 
Yeah, so I'm Sabrina. I'm 35. I'm in the Diocese of Birmingham. I've been a stay-at-home mum for eight years. So coming into the discernment process was a whirlwind um, after a lot of time homemaking and, and just focusing on my children to think about wider, like what else does God have in, in store for me? Uh, so yeah, that's my life. Amazing. And so you've, you started the discernment process, um, was it a couple, a couple of years, of years ago? ago, about two and a half years ago now. Yeah. And do you want to just tell us a little bit about your experience of that? Was that a smooth process? Um, yeah, I think I was very anxious about it as I uh, imagine a lot of people going forward for it are like, is, is God really in this? Am I really priest material? Um, and I, you know, I was lucky that I had a supportive church who could see giftings in me that I couldn't see and wanted to put me forward and um, and the really encouraging thing was that my vicar realized that race potentially could be an issue for the way I was perceived um the way I found myself in the Church of England if I went forward for ordination and the DDO of Birmingham was black and so I was put forward into the discernment process just as that DDO was starting so for me the first four or five meetings that I had in the discernment process were with the DDO who was black and then a vocations advisor who was black as well and so any of the worries that I had about culturally being understood or or my background I grew up in a Pentecostal um, majority black church those steps were kind of eradicated by having someone who understood my background in it and really it it started off the way the discernment process is supposed to be for everyone is this person called yeah is God doing something in it and I realized looking back and reflecting that that's such a blessing and that's not an opportunity every black ordinand um getting put forward has Uh, in the Church of England. Yeah, I wonder how many, like, people involved in vocations in DDOs there are who are black. I mean... Yeah, I I don't know the statistics, but I imagine that the numbers need increasing. Yeah, I mean, we said that it was not in neither of our dioceses. No, Mm. no. And what, what difference... So what would it have felt like to have only dealt with white people during the discernment process? I think it you know I'm a person who's used to being in a lot of um predominantly white spaces mm-hmm. um so there's a certain amount that you adjust and assimilate to that that is much of the black experience living in England and, and traveling internationally but um I think the difference it made was the focus was on me and my calling not on my race or someone's perception of that but I also think having those advisors meant that when I was struggling with difficulties or I was worried about how I was putting myself forward they understood what that was and they understood some of the systemic and institutional race issues that would and will um will happen as I progress forward in the Church of England and what was your experience of going around colleges looking like? Um, did you experience some of the same things that you thought about during the discernment process? Were there surprises? Yeah, again, I think, you know, I was coming at it from, oh, am I am I ready for theological education? It's 13 years since I graduated from university. Can I handle the academia? So I kind of had that 
insecurity in the back of my head. But I realised when visiting the colleges that race was actually going to be a factor as well. Um, my husband's white and any college I visited with him, he was assumed to be the one looking towards ordination. You know, the default in the church is very much the white middle class male. Mm-hmm, That's yeah. who he is. I'm yeah. not anti it uh, I, because I'm married to him. But <laughs> it was just that assumption that he would be the one. And the first time it happens, you excuse it. When it happens multiple times on the same day and multiple times as you visit different colleges in different parts of the country, you realise that this is uh, an issue. Yeah. Um, I think also theological colleges just generally ignored race as a factor. You know, we've come a long way in terms of women um, in the Church of England and Rec- and that's recognised and colleges are really trying to get a balance on their staff of male and female theological educators but race is, is ignored and that's why you know I felt it's important as a black woman to be engaged in these conversations because you're hitting um it's, it's intersectionality you're it, you're a black person and you're a woman and the church historically has had issues with both of those things and so I just felt so frustrated again at the silence at these institutions when you visit them that no one talked about it you can quite clearly see that there's hardly any other people there who are black or Asian or otherwise um but but no one talks about it and I try to bring it up um in interviews or in passing conversation and and people just often didn't want to engage in it didn't want to see it as an issue and I think that's really dangerous because you've got a power balance at play when someone's in an interview yeah putting themselves forward wanting a yes not wanting to rock the boat but thinking you're not speaking into the very present things going on in my life and that I know will be a factor in my ministry moving forward if you were thinking about so you said that you had some disappointing experiences of theological colleges. If you were to kind of write a review to those colleges that you were giving them some tips on what they could do, do you yeah. think you could think of maybe three things? So like other than talking about it openly as part of the open day, what else do you think you'd want them to be doing? I think um, you've got to initiate one-on-one conversations with students and and recognize see them see that they are black see that they are asian we're very aware when we're walking into the church of england when we're walking into the room of these colleges that we are in the minority so recognize that come alongside us and say hey how are you feeling on open day does this feel like a welcome space to you what kind of things do you want to know what are you worried about moving to whichever city it is that the, the college is in i think it's also important to show works in progress like I I know that I'm not expecting that colleges will have everything wrapped up and and sorted in this area but but say like what steps are you making towards making your reading lists and and required reading more diverse um what what are you doing about increasing numbers on your staff? Have you created spaces uh for students who are black and Asian and others to to share experiences in a, in a safe space. I think for me, 
colleges need to be a safe space for all ordinands, regardless of their gender, ability, sexuality, race. They need to be a safe space for all of us to learn and grow. A challenging space, yes, because um, we're getting stretched, iron sharpening iron, but they need to be safe. And I think that, like, don't be hypocritical. I know of one college, and my experience was in email saying, I'm quite nervous um, about coming to you as a black woman from a more Pentecostal background. And they wrote back assuring me how inclusive, how welcoming they were. And as times elapsed and, you know, you see social media feeds of people from these institutions off the back of the Black Lives Matter movement raising in popularity, I've, I've actually been quite hurt and upset by some things I've seen posted. And I think you... Your, your space, your college would not have been a safe space for me. Mm. That that was a lie. Um, and you when, have not wrestled with these issues. I was thinking about when you said that, about how when I went to college, as a woman, one of the tutors brought up in the college, I need you to know that being a woman here could be difficult. Yeah. Did you have... So first question is, that is obviously something that would be a very important part of an interview process for you. So mm-hmm. did you have colleges where they brought that up? Um, and secondly, I was wondering about, do you think that we can ever kind of conflate the woman issue, being an ordinand, and the race issue? And actually, do you think that they are a similar issue or in what way are they different? Okay. So with the colleges, um, I there was only one, and it was the one I ended up picking, Trinity in Bristol. Woo-hoo! They were the only ones who, well done, Trinity. Yeah, who made a point of saying one of our key tenants is diversity. And the principal said it. So straight away, that helps me see the top of this organisation yeah. is, is trying to bring this about. And they were just straightforward and honest. We are not where we need to be in lots of areas and diversity is with in regards to race is one of those but this is what we're trying to do so feel free to ask us questions about that um and engage whether this could be the place that's so great and I've seen on there in like on when they've been recruiting that they've been they've been doing that in their adverts yeah they're very they're just very open about it that they want they want black women to come and to work there and to study there and I think if we want everyone wants to feel included and for as long as the church has so often like not included women and not included black people then you need to make it really over and clear that this is a place where we do want you to be and we do want you to fit in and to fit and flourish and thrive just as much as anyone else. So do you believe in positive discrimination and quotas? Laura's favourite topic. Uh, One of Laura's favourite things. I know Laura loves a good quota. I love a quote. Um, Well, yeah, I'm I'm so keen. I'm keen to know your thoughts, Sabrina. Yeah, I, I don't... I think it's sometimes it can be problematic because... I just, I just want to be seen as me. I want my work to speak as my work. I want my preaching to speak as it is. I want the the same shot as everyone else. Um, and so I think sometimes when there's a quota, it can feel like your receipt filler. Um, and so you have to be careful of that. 
But then equally, I think efforts do need to be made to raise and engage Mm. people in areas such as gender and such as race. Um, And so for me, it's just, I think you just have to take each situation as it comes and looks and think, how, how can we make this area as inclusive as possible? And if that does mean a quota, then then there's a, a place for that. Yeah, because I think, yeah, exactly. And creating a space that's not tokenistic. Um, yes. I've certainly been in situations where I think, I know I've been invited specifically because I'm a woman and they're <laughs> taking loads of pictures so they can make it look like. Yeah. There, um, there, there are so many women, you know, I'm up the front leading yeah. something and they're like, snap, 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 so <laughs> that they can prove, look, we do have women yeah. leading here. Um, and and sometimes that's, that's difficult. Very clear at the moment, what we're seeing um, with a lot of things at the moment is there's a lot of performing and performative behaviour occurring on social media in Christian spaces. And I would really warn people off that um, because black people are watching and we're seeing through it right now. And we're we're looking for in three months, three years, Uh, we're still doing the work. Um, And we just don't, we're we're not going to be taking selfies and and having pictures taken at events just to boost you and make you feel good. This needs to be something that really builds the kingdom. Because I was wondering about that with all the people who were like, endlessly their Instagram story is all about race and I'm like it's great that you're having your education but are you still going to be doing this in six months and I I think sometimes when we're doing the more performative actions we're losing out on the heart issues like for me this season has actually been one of pulling away and um, repentance and lament over the state that our country's in over the state of um, Christianity as a lot of um, heart issues have come up. You know, I've had people calling and apologising, which is great that they've lamented something that's happened previously. But also then I'm having to deal as a black woman, like, oh, you're really emphasising that two, three, four years ago when we had conversations, you did not hear me and you're only hearing me now. So I think the church really has to think about what do they want to do that's authentic in this season Mm -hmm. and ensure that, space is given for repentance and lament so that the things that we build towards in the future will stand and will last and won't just be for this cultural moment that we're in right now that's so true I think the lament when we were planning this event that's what the women were talking about they Mm. were saying the first thing is lamenting and that we grieve the way that our society has been built wrongly and we cannot just dismantle it and when we are rebuilding we have to rebuild and whose example are we going to follow? We're going to follow the example of Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So we're not going to be following the examples of like this cultural person or this big voice who's speaking at the moment. The place where we find justice is in the Bible and that's where we need to yeah. go back to. Yeah, I wholly, I wholly agree. You know, this is, this is a time where we really just need to be looking towards Jesus. Mm. Like yeah. as a black person, trying to make sure I'm filled with grace and um having right words and honoring conversations and not being consumed by her and um and for white people who are lamenting and are upset and are trying to work out what are the next steps forward as they realize um their complicity and all that's gone on like this is a time for all of us regardless of our race just to push more into what father god has for us through mm. his word mm. and through his spirit yeah mm. so do you want to tell us so other than the fact that diversity was really brought up on your open day at trinity 
Why yeah. was it that you chose that college? Let's give them a bit of a plug. Why yeah. is yeah. it that you're picking I... Trinity? And we'll we'll tell them that you're very positive about them, so they'll listen. Yeah. I know, I'll get a good lunch in September. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Hopefully I, the sticky toffee pudding. I, yeah, food's quite good, oh, actually, yes. Oh, that was so oh, good. Was that on your open day? I meal that I don't have to cook myself. Oh, yeah. amen. <laughs> but I think, um, I think ultimately, for me, I picked Trinity because I felt like I could trust them. Oh, I yeah. felt that they were so honest in where they were as an institution and where they wanted to be and that there was an element of, lament and a regret about things that had happened previously but hope towards the future I felt like I could trust them on this journey where I know I'm going to be broken mm. I'm going to be challenged I'm going to be critiqued that it felt like it was a safe and, and trusted place to do that and also I had a conversation with the principal a couple of weeks ago and I said I'm excited to come to you guys because I know that um I can that when I get critiqued there that I'm not, they've gone through lots of unconscious bias training and the staff will constantly be challenged in that area. And so when I get a rubbish mark, it will be because my work is rubbish mm. and not because it, 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 someone's got an issue with a yeah. black person. And what a freeing experience, like I really believe that's going to to be. Um, I've, I've been having to work out with them like church placements. Yeah. And, you know, the only real question I have for these churches is how are they engaging with race right now? Because I don't want to end up at a church where people are racist and honestly and, and ignorant of the issues at stake because that damages me and damages my view of the body of Christ. But equally, I don't want to go somewhere that wants a poster child for diversity and wants to take pictures of my pretty looking multi-ethnic family to say, hey, mm. we're woke and we're moving forward and mm, they've brought mm. me in to do all the work like I want to be a student yeah. I want the same opportunities that you guys have and to be treated in there in the same way and I was really pleased um with the principal and how he engaged and with the staff as we've been going through and picking potential church placements that they've recognized what an important issue this is to ensure that I have the same level playing field as the rest of the ordinance well done, Trinity. Well done, Trinity. Great well done. Yeah. job. Thank you, Trinity. Well done. I'm interested to hear about what the experience was going to an online bat. Because obviously, oh. you know, pre-COVID, we went off for our three nights. We had our three, three nights. We had our yeah. three over breakfast, yeah. lunch and dinner. We had to do the personal inventory and the partial yeah. exercise, but you had a much different experience. And we yeah. I just, you know, how did you find it? hard for everyone going forward do you just want to explain the structure of the BAP and sort of how it all came about that it changed like how close were you to going to a BAP when you found out it was going to be different I was it was 10 days before my BAP oh my gosh I was I was ready and raring to go I'd made my childcare plans you know I'd, I'd started sorting everything out um and yeah so 10 days was quite disappointing but I kind of felt like it was coming um so and then you know originally we, there was no date scheduled um and I had about five or six weeks of like not knowing what so was going on So it just got cancelled and then you were left in limbo? Yeah we were left in limbo waiting unsure of what it was going to be so kind oh, of gosh. unsure of would I need my presentation what did I need to work on in the meantime? So it was just kind of a bit of a, a 
no man's land. Oh, that must have been um, really and, hard. You know, the D- DDOs in that situation were fielding a lot of emotional phone calls. From I bet. Yeah, lots, lots of oh, others. Gosh. Oh, gosh. Um, and then because of... Uh, then we all got assigned different weeks according to your diocese. And actually, this week should have been my online back week for Birmingham Diocese. But my husband, being a school teacher, if we were going to go residential, we needed to have an earlier back. And yeah. so I was very, very gracious that Ministry Division recognised the need that our family had. But it also meant I ended up with like four days' notice for my oh, back when it actually happened. So, you know, this is what happens when you pray and you tell Jesus, are we ready any time, God? Oh, <laughs> yeah. He literally like, takes you at your really word. Me I'm ready. Um, and so I was part of the first week of online BAP. So on the Friday, you go um, to a little online meeting and you, the process is explained to you. There's a time of prayer and Bible reading and reflection and you meet the advisors. And then you have the weekend to think over a question that is kind of just something to get you thinking and to ease you into your first interview and then you just have two one-hour interviews so I had one on a Monday one on a Tuesday though I know a lot of people have been ending up having them both on the same day which is really intense and one interview goes through four um, of the criteria and one goes through five I thought it would be impossible for it to be as intense um, online as it would be when you're residentially and I was completely wrong it was a roller coaster of emotions I found the first interview quite jovial light-hearted felt like I portrayed myself um really well and then the second one um just as it cut into more personal issues and you're not really getting the space to adapt to the conversation you're just having to kind of instantly answer um that that was very very difficult um and by the end of it by getting asked the question you know are you your your family are very important to you uh are you ready for the cost that this ministry may be to your family by the end of that question I was just streaming in tears overwhelmed by it all um Mm. and my family then came in at the end of my interview with Prosecco and Haribo um and I was just overwhelmed like it was a very very overwhelming time that I needed a day or two to kind of digest and process afterwards um uh, but yeah like obviously I'm just thankful I made it through (laughs) yeah um did they so why did they cut the pastoral exercise and the personal inventory I think I think it's twofold I think by the time that it came along there had been five or six weeks with no bats and 500 plus candidates to get through so time is limited I think also when you're having to do things online it just takes different amounts of exhaustion and those conversations that the assessors have they can't have in person and whiz through things they're having to do it online with people's schedules and timings and so it just seemed like to get everyone to get more people through each week and to get everything done some things had to be cut so it is hard because you know I was really looking forward to doing my presentation which was on marriage liturgies and love island I was really excited about that and I felt like there was an element of me that would not get to be put across in just two interviews and I think that is the sacrifice that the new online system I wonder if there are people who didn't get through who feel, I wonder if there are people who didn't get selected 
who feel if I'd have had the chance to do more, would I have shown more? Because I was wondering if, will they just feel sorry for people and say yes to everyone? I know. Yeah, I think it's going to be very conflicting how, because, and if you're very good pastorally, but you're a quieter person and it's harder for you to express yourself over video, yeah, then this system's so going to be Because you have the meals and stuff to like chat to people and like show a bit of yourself, which you wouldn't have at all. Yeah. No, no, it really is two hours. It's how how you are in those two hours to three people so it is losing a lot of the interpersonal dynamics yeah um which yeah is a shame um could it have been done a better a better way a different way maybe um but with all that's going on I think honestly I'm like we're lucky to have managed to do it I was prepared that I would be delayed a year getting into theological college that you're going to be an ordained woman in the Church of England. I'm scared, but slightly excited as well. Oh, you should be excited. Yeah. Yeah. And college is such an exciting slash scary journey. Yeah, I really loved it. Yeah, we'll be praying for you. I mean, mean, at this point, I'm just excited to do something outside of my house. So, yeah, Yeah. let's go to college. That is so true. I hear you. (laughs) Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, thank you so much, Kate. Thank you, Laura. You're so welcome. Well, we will say at this point, Thank you to everybody. Thank you. Thank you, you to our loyal fans. My friend told me that she missed her junction for work because she was listening to the podcast. Oh, that's so cute. And then I think my goddaughter sometimes like turns it on on her mum's phone and just finds it like hilarious. That's amazing. (laughs) Good. Well, we'll be back again sometime soon. Yeah, we've got some plans for some more um, episodes. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about the table. And we're going to talk about integrity as all. We're going to talk about leadership. Yes. Yeah. So many thoughts. So Laura's got a lot of thoughts. Lots of thoughts. Laura's doing her dissertation on John, so she might do yeah. some reading and she can talk about that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're gonna talk about what what does Jesus mean when he prays that we might all be one? Oh, back to ecumenicalism. Back to ecumenicalism. Ecumenical matters. By this time next year. Ecumenate. Ecumenate. We will <laughs> ecumenate. Oh, cool. Well, thank you for listening. Yeah, and we'll see you soon. Bye.
that's amazing we we all need yeah we all need to take that on board yeah that's, that's so, so helpful so, thank and so thank you for this conversation because i believe like this is the way we move yeah definitely. these kind of dialogues yeah. getting to know each other getting to know our experiences realizing the ways that we're similar and the passions that we have are similar and also realizing and celebrating our differences like that 